I think the book itself is a collection of small moments. Going to college, leaving St. Louis, I went up to Chicago uh, for school. And I think like A, encountering people who were different from me was a big start. I remember also uh, freshman year of college, I took a world religions class and the guy that taught it was very Catholic. Maybe it was just being more intellectually stimulated by other things. And those moments started to happen. And I would say really started to come to a head my sophomore year of college. I studied abroad in Rome. Going to Rome, man, it's going to be a hell of a spiritual experience. The seat of the Catholic church, like I'm really going to you know, understand all of this. And I just got there and like, in the first couple of nights, like you go to the Vatican and you see homeless people sleeping under the uh, like huge facade of the Vatican. And you're just kind of like, wow, okay. <laughs> Something's not right there, but that's the thing. My whole life I was preached to about like, Jesus hung out with the poor people. I just got to Rome and all of this started to fall down for me. So I started running this ring. All this is happening at the beginning, like January. And by Easter, I was a little uncomfortable going to mass. I still went, but I didn't call myself an atheist for five years after that, I think. All right, welcome back to another episode of the I Didn't Read Your Book podcast. I am your host, Lutch, and today we are going to be talking with Ryan Bedell about his book, Altar Boy to Atheist, Giving Up on God. So I wore my uh, Reason Rally 2016 shirt from when I went with a uh, friend to D.C., uh, we went to the Reason Rally, which was run by the uh, American Atheists, and um, it was actually a, uh, um, you know, a rally mainly some, uh, that happens every four years and uh, brings some type of secular uh, political issue to the forefront. And that year they were talking about how um, sexual education in uh, elementary schools was a, uh, a big deal and that, you know, there was still uh, plenty of places in 2016 teaching abstinence. It's very interesting because that is a um, if we if we end up do going down that road, I think a lot of what sexual education has become, there's a lot of uh, things on the other side of that, that now it's like, well, OK, now I want to have a different conversation from a different perspective for very different reasons. But we can get all into that. Um, I'm loving the, uh, the little um, altar boy picture here. Um, I think a lot of us can relate to, uh, I mean, I, per I personally was never an altar boy, but I've been in these church scenarios. You know, I was Catholic growing up. Um, I did uh, uh, do, um, you know, uh, what do they call it? Ushering, where you like collect the money for, um, for, for, uh, from, the, from the pews and, and stuff like that. Um, so just being part of the service when you're a kid is supposed to be a relatively high honor. Um, and specifically being an altar boy is, uh, it, it is one of the, the, the higher things a young child can do in the, uh, in the church to, to help out. Um, and um, of course, we all know where there is some not so cool stuff around um, altar boys in the Catholic Church. And for the algorithm's sake, I kind of hope and for and for Ryan's sake, I hope we don't um, go down that road. But, you know, it very well could be the very reason that he went uh, to giving up God. Um, so no more guesswork. Let's just dive right in and read the back of the book. Ryan M. Bedell is a St. Louis, Missouri native currently living in Brooklyn, New York. He works in higher education and spends his free time smoking bacon and watching baseball. 
Ryan received his bachelor's degree from Loyola University Chicago in 2014 and his Master of Science in Education from University of Oxford in 2017. Ryan will complete his studies for a Master of Business Administration at New York University in 2022. You can find him on Instagram at, at Ryan Bedell. That should be right below me. Well, not yet, but when we get there, it'll be right below me. Um, so that's a nice little about the author, um, but again, does not tell me a single thing about the uh, the what's in the book. So let's pop this into Amazon here. Okay. So Alter Boy to Atheist, Giving Up God is as much a random collection of thoughts about the world as it is a story of someone discovering themselves anew throughout different periods of their life. Ryan Bedell grew up Catholic, and now he's not. The book tries to explain why and how Ryan went from youth group leader to an agnostic atheist, and his stories of different religious experiences around the world will resonate with readers from any background. All right. So again, not really telling me too much of what's going on. I understand that he was an altar boy, and now he is an atheist. Um, and between... Uh, even, you know, emailing him the, the, the cover, the back of the book and the Amazon description. That's all I know. So um, I, I, I don't, as an atheist who has gone through my own journey of a uh, journey to atheism, as they will commonly refer to it, um, just by the, you know, the, the, the information that we have, this is not something that I would I would be interested in purchasing because I would I would think that this is this is something for somebody who hasn't had this type of journey or is currently going through this type of journey. Um, either or. Uh, but if you have if you have been uh, a, an active member of the church and now you're an agnostic atheist, as I am as well, then you know, in terms of a conversation, I'm definitely interested in this conversation. And I'm definitely, definitely interested in, you know, comparing notes on, uh, you know, what his experiences were like, what my experiences were like. And um, I'm hoping that it's, uh, uh, you know, a uh, very um, engaging conversation, and a different type of conversation than what I had with Rusty in uh, IDRIB09, uh, Doubt on Trial, um, him being an agnostic pastor, he wasn't, you know, remember that agnostic means that you don't know, um, and uh, theism is the belief in God or gods. And so he was an agnostic theist, Rusty was, whereas Ryan and I are agnostic atheists. We don't know, but we do not hold, uh, hold a or accept a, uh, a claim in a belief in a God or gods. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, I don't know, like the, the, the story itself, I'm assuming is just the straightforward what happened to him. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to him for, for, for a while about it and to hear about what happened. Um, but I'm, I'm wondering if there is um, some type of hook that is more than just that story. Because while those stories are interesting, and I think mine's actually, I think I have, um, you know, a story that is not necessarily the most 
uh, interesting. I think it's rather, uh, you know, I kind of, I didn't have any big things happen to me again. I'm hoping nothing, uh, nothing bad, uh, happened to Ryan. Um, but I am interested again to find out what it is that drew him away from the church. But again, even my own story, the, even though it wasn't very, uh, uh, action packed and it wouldn't make, it probably wouldn't make a good book. So maybe his story is better, but the thought process was still there. It was still a thing. Um, so I don't know. Let's see. It, uh, it'll definitely be an interesting conversation. I know that for sure. Um, my worry is what is the hook for others to want to buy the book? So on that note, let's bring in Ryan. All right. And welcome to Ryan Bedell. Is it? Yes. It's I'm perfect. bad with, I'm terrible with names. Uh, <laughs> that one's not even too hard, but I mess up everybody's name so i just you like would be surprised <laughs> some people get it really wrong so you were spot on awesome awesome well how are you doing today i'm doing pretty well you know uh oh. i'm a little a little tired uh i had a, a similar experience as you did you know went out with some friends last night so just recovering today yeah just uh full disclosure everybody if i look a little tired i definitely am a little tired uh today is my 32nd birthday and yes. i went out last night and uh celebrated a little bit but uh i am back and ready to go um so uh what are you tired from church this morning <laughs> yeah exactly i was up at the track of dawn for church so no uh just a, a couple one too many uh shots of whiskey you know nothing nothing too crazy same thing all around love it love it um so we had just um t t uh, finished taking a look at um, and I gotta say it wasn't very informative as to yeah. what is in the book. And as someone who has a very similar, um, I would say trajectory as you having, uh, been brought up Catholic, uh, and then losing my faith, uh, around, um, around the time I was in college. Um, I always like to say, uh, the, the, I, I never had like a, a, a come away from Jesus moment. Uh, but I do remember my uh, freshman year in college, we were still using AOL instant messenger and away messages. And I used to put Bible verses in my away yep. messages. So I was full on full believer uh, at that point. Um, and uh, then very, very quickly after with just a few, uh, a few psychology courses, a few philosophy courses, I, um, I was out of there. Um, and so, uh, you know, I definitely, without having that uh, come away from Jesus moment, um, I, I don't necessarily have a, a, a big story to tell. Uh, however, the, 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 the thought process of going from being a believer to a non-believer, I think is, um, while it's definitely unique unto each person, the process itself is, is probably uh, in, in my experience uh, and talking to other people, relatively um, similar. Totally. And so even, what, go ahead. Even just when you were saying right there, like right there, that little bit, a lot of that resonated with me, so. <laughs> yeah, so I'm wondering, and, and, and I, I was uh, saying in the, in the uh, uh, reading the back of the book segment that I'm definitely interested to uh, have this conversation, but what I'm, I'm curious about from the perspective of, you know, somebody buying the book, what uh what is the hook about your your journey specifically that would that would be why somebody would buy the book sure so it's 
I, I think I agree with you in that in my life, there was never really one major like coming away from Jesus moment. I just don't think that's how religion works. I think if it's really got its claws into you, it's a lot more difficult than just sort of like I'm done. Uh, I don't know anyone who's had that experience. And really? uh, in a lot of ways, I think that would be easier. Uh, I wish oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I would wish for sure. But I think the hook of the book is that I was about as Catholic as you could get. I was leading major mega retreats. I was uh, involved in every way, every youth group possible in my town. I grew up in St. Louis, Missouri. So it's an incredibly Catholic town in general. And uh, most, most of the people that you will meet from St. Louis, the way that you get to know them is you ask what high school they went to. And they're all Catholic high schools. So, oh, okay. Because I was going to yeah. say, I, I, I was, I, I thought you were going to say, what church do you go to? Like, oh, okay. Where's this? <laughs> not qu- oh, but it's a not Catholic quite church. that far. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, it's literally <laughs> the, the same thing, basically. But um, yeah. So, I, about the same timing as you as well. When I was uh, a senior in high school, I was still very, very like completely into it, leading retreats. Uh, I mean, like breaking down, crying at retreats, like very, very <laughs> much uh very much into everything that religion had to offer and like maybe festering a little bit on like oh man I try to be nice to people and like there are some things in this that aren't necessarily nice to everyone but like not really giving that thought process just just kind of putting it over here exactly so I didn't uh I didn't start to and I honestly truly believe like the two the two things that stick out for me are is if I haven't hadn't left St. Louis I would not be away from religion a and b i i think the sort of thesis of the book is i think i'm a better person without religion and uh i don't know that i don't know that that is necessarily the case i'm not the greatest person on the planet that's not the <laughs> claim that i'm making but i think there are a lot of concrete ways in the book that i can point to where it's like i was really kind of an asshole before uh before i started to get away from it and I mean, like I, I tell a story about literally protesting at an abortion clinic. So like takes a certain level of humility to be able to admit that that is something that I've done in my life. But um, you, are, you yeah. are in there. You are in there. I was really in. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And like, I mean, I have a tattoo in the middle of my back. It says AMDG, which is Latin for uh, Ad Maiorum Dei Gloriam, to the greater glory of God. And like, it's just like, as far in as you could possibly have been. Truly. I was this close. I remember um, there was this this dude I would hang out with in college, and uh, he would he would do illustrations. And I didn't have any tattoos yet. I actually didn't end up getting uh, any. T- I'm like covered now, but I didn't end up getting. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I didn't up and end up getting uh, any tattoos until after college. Um, and, uh, but I asked, I asked this dude, I was like, yeah, can you, uh, draw me, uh, draw up this, this image that I want to get tattooed across my back of, of, uh, Jesus, like me falling and Jesus holding me in his arms. It. And it, I mean, for what it was, it was a pretty cool drawing, but oh my God, like I'm honestly, the way that I, I view my tattoos i would not be because i don't have anything on my back and if i did have it on, on my back i still would be all about the the tattoo itself yeah because i think that 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 would just be hilarious at that point um but i am very glad that i don't have that tattoo <laughs> well, people always ask me they're like do you regret it and i'm like no i don't regret it like i am who i am now exactly i definitely have some regrettable actions that happened such as protesting in an abortion clinic uh 
that I'm obviously not proud of, but at the same time, all of that made me who I am. And like, when I see the tattoo very rarely, like when I'm looking in the mirror or something, uh, it's a reminder of how far I've come. I mean, Instagram poses, you know, exactly. (laughs) Just a little, yeah, no, uh, yeah. I mean, it's just, I don't, I don't really try to harbor too many regrets, you know, but at the same time, uh, it's, it's definitely still in the middle of my back. (laughs) So I definitely resonate with what you say about being a better person now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I can see that um, not clicking with a lot of people. Can you what, yeah. can you dive into that a little bit more? And what, what do you mean by that? Yeah, of course. I mean, it doesn't click at all with religious people. I think that saying that, like, so to give you some context on like my life and where this book came into it, like my parents aren't really religious anymore, but my grandfather's a Catholic deacon. Like it is really ingrained in my family. So there are quite a few family members who were not necessarily happy with, uh, with this book coming out. And like, I get it. It's, it's when it's that big of a part of your life, but I think uh, that's the crux for me is that it becomes such a big part of your life that like you're willing to ignore conflicting information to your beliefs, because this is, you're literally told it's your salvation. You're going to go to heaven, all this stuff. Like, Sure, that's that's life or death, literally. Literally, so I get why people buy into it so hard. But like, I couldn't get over certain humps until I was free of just the label, even like not calling myself a Catholic anymore, but being able to say like, okay, so maybe like the whole like harassing women at an abortion clinic thing isn't great to do, even if it's in the name of your religion, or like, um, maybe gay people should be able to get married if they want to, like just literally the doctrine that like, I didn't, I didn't really believe, I don't think in my heart of hearts, like I sort of knew it was wrong, but at the same time, like I didn't, it didn't bother me to say it out loud that that's what I believe because it was like, well, that's what I'm told to believe. So that's what everybody else is doing. And that's totally. And and I I think the most insidious part is uh, how much, you know, there really is a lot of good things in, you know, core Christian values. There's, there's no denying totally. that. I mean, my whole thing, I'm not, I'm not going to get on my soapbox. My whole thing is that the, uh, uh, you know, the atheist movement has kind of gone awry because of the fact that the spirit, the spiritual aspect of what people had in their churches is not, uh, um, is not highlighted. And so they, they leave behind the bullshit, which is good. But they don't take with them, you know, the, the the good stuff. They don't take with them that the 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 stuff that, um, you know, we as uh, uh, secular, uh, you know, looking at morality from a secular perspective, we have to actually contend with. Okay, what is the what is the morality of this, that, the other thing? And not to say that Christians don't do that or religious people don't do that, but they have that backbone of well, mm-hmm. this is what God says, so it is. It's, and so it's spot on. It's spot on. And I, that was a huge problem for me. What do I believe now? <laughs> and like beyond the spirituality aspect of it, there's so many things that are comforting to a person. I was bullied as a kid and like having that community was huge for me. Mm-hmm. And so like to drop that was losing friends, you know? And so I took, yeah, you're spot on, man. You could have written the book yourself. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, and again, that's what's so, so let's dive into specifically what, uh, you know, you, you know, you were saying you were, uh, uh, you know, obviously I assume you were an altar boy um, and, you know, you, uh, up until later in your life, you were doing these things uh, uh, at the protests and stuff. So 
where where did the change occur and what sure. was that um what what was the catalyst for you to really start down that road um and then what what happened uh, on that road and uh, to, to get you where you are today yeah so i mean i'm gonna i'm gonna do a fair bit of paraphrasing because honestly like i think the book itself is a collection of small moments and of of small pieces along the way where my changing and thinking happened and so i would say going to college, leaving St. Louis, I went up to Chicago uh, for school. And I think like a encountering people who were different from me was a big start. Like I grew up in a very insulated community, truly, like it was, I only had Catholic friends, I only had white friends, I only had um, middle class friends, like there was really no, uh, no change in the people that I was encountering on a day to day basis. And my view of people who were different from me was entirely media, entirely like hearing from family and friends. So once I got to college and was like, met a gay person, I was like, holy shit, this guy's awesome. Like, I don't know, like, and I write about that in the book, like he's still a friend of mine. Uh, basically, I remember very vividly, like, talking to him, but we never really like, broached the religion topic, just sort of like, we're friends. And that was it. And he was like, telling me a story about a dude that he was hooking up with. And I would like think he could see on my face that I was like uncomfortable. And he was like, what's up, man. And I was just like, wow, <laughs> fuck. I was like, fuck, I'm an asshole. Like if I sat here and told him about a woman that I was hooking up with, I'm expecting him to sit here and listen to like that story, but I can't sit here and listen to like his relationship problems because I'm a homophobe. Like it just, that's little things like that started to happen in college. So I remember also uh, freshman year of college, I took a world religions class and mm. the guy that taught it was very Catholic, like unabashedly very <laughs> okay. Catholic. And so he just like had this lens of uh, maybe like looking down on these other religions as he's teaching about them. And I was just mm. like, man, like really we're like, I had this idea that I was there to learn. One of I these made... things is not like the other. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It was very like uh, prejudicial in a lot of ways, I would say. And so I, uh, maybe it was just being more intellectually stimulated by other things and like learning more outside of my comfort zone. But those moments started to happen. And I would say really started to uh, come to a head. My sophomore year of college, I studied abroad in Rome and Cool. Most people would think, and I thought at the time, going to Rome, man, it's going to be a hell of a spiritual experience. The seat of the Catholic Church, like I'm really going to going to understand all of this. And I just got there and like in the first couple nights, like you go to the Vatican and you see homeless people sleeping under the uh, like huge facade of the Vatican. And you're just kind of like, <laughs> wow, OK. Uh something's not right there but that's a thing my whole life I was preached to about like Jesus hung out with the poor people Jesus like was good to people who were different from him like I could name five bible stories like Zacchaeus the tax collectors like all these people yeah. <laughs> who who he was supposedly really you know cool to who were not like him and weren't anything special and like I just got to Rome and all of this started to fall down for me I uh I went into the Vatican, obviously you go see the museums. I'm just like, okay, so we have a lot of art stolen from other people here. We have a lot of uh, gold and shit that might feed those people outside. So it just didn't start to take long after that. I remember 
so I studied abroad in the spring. All this is happening at the beginning, like January. And by Easter, I was a little uncomfortable going to mass. So I still went, but was, uh, was a little uncomfortable. And I didn't call myself an atheist for five years after that, I think. So yeah, felt good to once I eventually did. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I definitely, uh, I had very, uh, because my parents are uh, still very religious. And Mm -hmm. so it took a long time for, um, you know, I mean, like I was, because I was off at college, it wasn't, you know, I wasn't going to church anymore or anything like that. Um, but, you know, on Christmas, we like, we were supposed to, we went to, uh, to, to, to mass and, mm-hmm. and um, it, it was a, a very weird thing to just be like, I'm not doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I've been doing this for you for a number of years. And I don't feel like I should have to do that anymore. Well, when when you're on the outside of it, attending mass is weird. It It is is weird. weird. (laughs) It's, I mean, if you saw it in any other context, you know, and which you could say about so many things of religion, Mm -hmm. you know, just the, I mean, pretending the the body and uh, blood of Christ. And I mean, you could go down the list. It's just, it's very, very, very odd. Um, And, um, and so, once you once you uh, take that step and you are out of the religion, whether you know whether or not you're you're um, being open about it, and whether you're with yourself and other people, whether you're identifying yourself uh, and or identifying to other people as an atheist, once you ha- there there is that step that you take that you're you're like okay no I really I really am done even if yeah. you've been flirting with it and you know kind of questioning things for a while there's a point at which you uh you know you're done and so at that point um as you alluded to before you you have to now figure out okay well what do I believe because yep. my beliefs from from uh, uh birth till now have been spoon-fed to me by people who had it spoon-fed to them and to and so, uh, you know, luckily I was in, um, uh, again, a, a, a lot of my uh, philosophy courses helped with this and, mm-hmm. and, and talked about, you know, how uh, the concept of God and religion played into uh, uh, ethics and, and philosophy and morality and stuff. And so the, for me, it was, you know, perfect timing right as I was coming out of my uh, religious phase to be uh, in, in a, a class with a great professor. Mm-hmm. Um, actually I interviewed him for, for the, the, my last podcast that I did nice. a pretty cool episode. And I, and I, uh, figured out, I, we, we talked about absurdism and I realized that's, mm-hmm. that's best how I like to, uh, uh, identify myself. Um, and, um, so yeah, that, and so what, what was the process like for you to, uh, you know, start from, from zero and be like, sure. okay, how, how do I do this? And what do I do? And, and was it a straight line? Was it a, a you know, what, what was that like? Yeah, nothing post-religion has been a straight line at all. And I think that's how life should be. Like, life's not usually straightforward. But what you were, were sort of saying at the beginning there was spot on. There, there is a moment where you it sort of clicks, like, I'm done with this. But also, like, there's a lot of little moments that lead up to that. Like, I, mm. I remember fondly the moment that I first said I was an atheist. I was in Istanbul, and I... Uh, was at a hostel and the guy that owned the hostel uh, was a, just a sweet, sweet man. And he had a, a Syrian woman working for him. And like, I was the literal only person in the hostel. This is like a, I don't know, maybe like a Wednesday afternoon. And so I, uh, I'm sitting down and like, they had a little 
counter where you could order food. And I'm talking to the guy and uh, he wanted to learn how baseball works. So I was like, all right, I'll explain to you how baseball goes. And I made some comment somewhere in the course of this baseball discussion about religion and like this conversation started. And I was like, oh, like, um, I know there's a lot of religion sort of coming together in Istanbul. It's not everyone is one thing. And I was like, oh, do you identify as uh, Muslim or Christian? And I just assumed that that was the, the dichotomy because that's what yeah. I thought of when I thought of Istanbul. And he was like, oh no, I'm an atheist. And I was like, oh yeah, okay. And so I was like, me too, I'm an atheist. And I was just like, wow, okay, I've said it. That's, like, that's the thing. first time. Yeah. yeah. And so building from that, like I started to slowly, I think be a little more out and about with it. Like I'll post a meme about atheism now and not think twice about it but I was definitely not like <laughs> shouting it to the mountains back then and I think part of that was like you said still not knowing exactly who I was going to be in the context of this morality uh spirituality all these things that were were what I had been given and shown how to do in one context and how I might do them in another context and uh, reading and philosophy were big ones uh, still one of my favorite books is meditations by Marcus Aurelius and it was really just like moral philosophy in a way that was like, all right, we do this because it's how things are done. Not because like there's a reason for it even. It's just like, you don't kill right. people because you don't kill people. And right, that right. sort of led me to um, reading about like the evolution of morality and how um, there literally is an evolutionary pathway of like our brains evolve and we don't mm -hmm. normally think of our brains evolving you know we think of like okay well we developed thumbs and we did all these other cool things where now we walk on hind feet and all, whatever all of that but our brains evolve and like mm. i think morality is embedded in that in a way and i find a lot of comfort in that like i don't necessarily need to have a reason for why i come to my moral decisions but i also know I'm not going to kill anyone. I'm not going to, my general moral philosophy is just don't hurt people. Like it's, yeah, it sounds right. that's, corny. that's, a, that's always the funniest thing to me when it's the, it's always the Christians who are like, well, why don't you just go rape and murder? I'm like, totally. are you, are you the, are you like out here trying to rape and murder and just not because the Bible says like, that's not how I operate, dude. Well, people um, seem to think Christianity was spread by a lot of kumbaya, and it was not. <laughs> it was not. That's another. That's another great point. Um, <laughs> and 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 it's interesting that you say it because I absolutely went through a militant atheist phase in the beginning, Same. because Same. of you know I, I, just the the anger of being lied to and mm -hmm. you know the Catholic shame all my life, and um, you know just just you know your your whole worldview gets flipped upside down. And, uh, you know, you're just angry and now, you know, that you're right and they're wrong. And, uh, so it's, you know, you just wanted to prove it to everybody. Uh, you know, I went through that for, for a couple of years and then, Same. you know, you, you kind of settle down and you realize like, all right, this isn't really a battle that I'm winning this way. And, um, it's more about just living, uh, you know, living authentically and showing people that, you know, the, the, uh, I'll absolutely engage uh, a religious debate if you bring it to my doorstep any day of the week. 
But, uh, you know, I just don't go looking for trouble because uh, people aren't convinced that way, you know? Totally. And, and I mean, telling people they're stupid's literally never made anyone come around to a point. And obviously you see that in political discussions. And I think it's tough for me to sell to people that I'm really, I don't consider myself like militant atheist at all anymore, but like- So sorry to interrupt your podcast experience. I just want to remind you, if you're enjoying what you're watching, please hit the like button and subscribe for more content. And if you really love it, there's some support links in the description. I would love if you could help out the channel and back to the show. Once you write a book with that in the title, I think that's like <laughs> what people think. And I try to devote a fair amount of time to that in the book, because when I first like really dove in, I was very much like full on Bill Maher, right? Like just really in people's faces, like trying to say like, you're an idiot. And like, now I realize that I too was an idiot. And that just is like, A, it's not nice and not good to do to people, but B, like, you're not going to win anyone over that way. So I really wanted people to listen to me, I think. And that's why you get angry and why you act that way. And I realized no one was going to listen to me if I did that. So uh, I think to a certain degree, like where I stand on sort of like the religious discussions or, or having a discussion with religious people is sort of like the old school, like you don't talk about politics and religion at the dinner table. And like, I don't even really try to engage people head on with it anymore. But if someone says something ignorant, like, oh, gay people shouldn't be able to get married, I'm not going to hold my tongue on something that I think is an issue of morality, essentially. Right. But like, right. is there a God? I don't really need to have that conversation with people, you know? <laughs> Interesting. Because I do also uh, identify myself as an anti-theist. I do believe yeah. that religious is actively harmful to our society and that, that the whole thing about parsing the 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 good stuff from the bad stuff and not doing that is uh you know i mean pick if whatever the person's you know uh biggest societal problem i guarantee it boils down to the fact that either you're too into religion or you're so out of religion that you have no uh uh spiritual moral framework uh to and 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 that's what's causing whatever you're complaining about and so if we can just get rid of all of that language and the dogma and, and you know, there are places in society for people to have that community, to have that ritual, to have that, that uh, you know, to, to go and, and, and sing songs that they like and, and mm -hmm. have it be considered a, a spiritual experience. And, you know, totally. it, it just, it, it, it doesn't exist. And I, I don't know about you. I'm a huge music guy. And like, I've been to concerts that I very much consider. Well, Spiritual experiences. Well, that's what I'm saying, and and same. I you know I was uh, uh, really into um, you know like the hardcore metal scene growing up, mm -hmm. and then um, once I discovered drugs, then um, I got into, as one does. <laughs> I got into electronic music, and definitely nice. like I I I the effect of seeing confetti falling is one of the most surprising things that has ever happened to me. I was just like, wow, this is actually very impactful. Yeah. And, uh, you know, when you're just in a, a huge crowd, I was at, um, uh, I was at, uh, electric zoo, uh, nice. maybe 2013 and, um, uh, watching, who was I watching above and beyond one of my favorites. And, uh, they are just, you know, very, uh, emotional type of, um, uh, of music. And they had this whole show and the, the fireworks and the, the confetti. And it's like, you get lost in it and the same yeah. In, in the same, but the fact, but the, the, the problem is that that's not considered 
you know, in the same realm as, you know, your Sunday uh, uh, experience in the, the, the temple, in the cathedral. And that's the, the same feeling, isn't it? It absolutely is. And one is considered, you know, uh, uh, inherently tied to morality and one doesn't, it's just a thing. And uh, it's just, it's frustrating that we can't show that both of those, the good part of that is not that you're in a church. The good part of that is that you're feeling what you're feeling and you're connecting with uh-huh. all of that stuff. That's the, what, what everybody's missing. And um, so, I mean, a lot of, a lot of what I'm, what I'm saying about that, that, you know, uh, religion being the only game in town is, um, is me parroting uh, the work of, of uh, Sam Harris. Uh-huh. Um, so how, how familiar are you with um, like the new atheists, like the, the, Dawkins, Harris, uh, Krauss, uh, you, uh, you know, Hitchens and, and yeah, who's the other one? I started with Dawkins for sure. Um, I would say, uh, the God delusion was definitely a big, a, a big thing for me where I was like, oh my God, like people think about this. I don't oh, yeah. necessarily need to do this all on my own. You know, like I can look to other people for, for that sort of insight and I would say less so in the last couple of years, but there was a time where those are the only books I was reading. Like I just couldn't get enough of it. And uh, I, yeah, I, I definitely uh, appreciate that. And I tried to say in the book, I think also appreciate that, like not a lot of what I have to say is super original. It's very, uh, it's very much my experience. And I think my experience is a good story more so than I think I should preach any, how to right. anyone should live their life, right. you know, like, right. I'm not that's there a, to say, do it as I do. <laughs> yeah, no. Okay. That's a very, uh, that's an interesting that you say that, that, that frames things very, uh, very differently. And uh, like you said, it's not about it's telling anybody any, uh, what to do. It's just sharing and sharing your experience, which I think is, you know, definitely um, helpful to people who are in that process. Uh, you know, the, the um, it's, it. For some, it's for some, it's easier than others. Like I said, for me, it wasn't really um, too arduous. Uh, there was definitely, you know, there's definitely that cognitive dissonance, dissonance where you're you're not really sure what's real and and, and all that stuff. Um, and then, of course, like I said, the anger when you realize that you've been lied to your whole life. But mm-hmm. again, it's not like there was uh, some crazy thing that happened and uh, that that tore me away from the the uh, church. And I was, you know, coming in. I was I was worried because we all know what the association between altar boys and the Catholic Church are. And I was <laughs> like, you know, I hope for 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 Ryan's sake that that's not what this is. But Mm-mm. if it does go down that road, then um, I will definitely understand a little bit more about what is in this book. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that because I didn't. Uh, obviously, I talk about the sex scandal in the book and like how that affected me and how I thought, but didn't even occur to me with the title and so many people besides you have been like dude are you about to like come out and say some shit in this <laughs> book and I'm like no like did not happen to me grateful that it didn't happen to me but also like fuck the church for that so I don't know I mean it's interesting because when I when I think about the process maybe it would have gone a little bit faster for me and but I also didn't have the language I didn't have the background of of Dawkins and these other people and so like when I describe myself now I would say I'm an anti-theist as well. Like, I don't necessarily think religion is the greatest thing on the planet, but also like there's different ways that you can conceptualize that. Right. I think eventually religion will phase out of humanity 
And like, I also don't think screaming at people right now, your religion's the worst thing on the planet is the way that things are going to change. But I also like didn't know how to describe myself spiritually. So like, I'm an atheist. I can say that pretty can, uh, confidently, but I can also say that I'm an agnostic atheist. Like I believe that there is no God, but also I leave open the possibility that I'm wrong. Like at the end of the day, like I have my beliefs because I believe that they are grounded in the reality that I live in. But if at the end of the day I die and there's some dude at a pearly gate, I'm going to be like, well, guess I was wrong. Like you're still an asshole, but I guess you're real. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, no, I definitely, any chance I get, I, uh, especially because this isn't, it's, it's, funny i've had um three i think three christian writers on so far in the past yeah. like this show's only been uh uh going for for a couple months and um i never intended it for really to to talk too much uh about the the atheism part of me necessarily yeah. uh, like i said this is more for uh for 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 um the 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 author for you but you know if it comes to my doorstep then if you want to talk about your book then sure um, I can talk about it forever, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and uh, yeah, the 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 interesting thing is exactly you know that's exactly my my whole thing. What you said is that when you didn't have the language, it was trapped in the in the religious language. Mm-hmm. You did have the language, and and I think that's why that's why at least for me, why I feel like it is important to talk about being an atheist and why. Uh, that is an option. Not that that's what you should be, but what it is not. And it's not saying, uh, you know, that we we are uh, uh, absolutely sure that a God doesn't exist. Some people, some atheists do subscribe to that, but that's not what atheism is. Some atheists also, uh, you know, use only Apple products and some atheists only use Android products. And so, but like, that's not part of atheism. Yeah. And and uh, I mean, all the way all the way down to like when people are talking about like Mussolini and, and, and uh, you know, the uh, Italian Russian dictators of, that were atheists and uh, it, like like, well, yes, they were atheists, but there were also a lot of Christian people who were shitty in, in the world, too. So what are we what, what, what are we doing? That's a non-starter. But it yeah. doesn't it doesn't it doesn't register with people that way. Um, and I, uh, I, I just feel I feel an obligation as an anti-theist to, to have these co- types of conversations in a way that will get across to people. And you're right that, you know, like we've both realized through our own experiences that yelling at people and calling them stupid doesn't work. But, uh, you know, having conversations to develop the language to mm-hmm. explain why we, we should uh, be basing whatever it is uh, uh, in, in life, we should be looking at it and basing things on reality, not on things we, uh, uh, agree that we don't know, or things that we don't know if we know. And then, uh, from the morality side that it just is not, it doesn't need to be inherently tied to all that stuff. So if we break it apart and we give it its own secular language, then even if you are a Christian, you should want those who are not, or, or whatever religion, you should want those who are not of your religion or of any religion to have the same values as you and the same uh, uh, moral background as you. Even if they don't believe what you believe, you want them to act in the way that you want people to act. And, and I, that's, uh, that's, my, that's my thing. I, I, people need to, we need to have these conversations so that uh, uh, you know, 
others, younger people who are coming through this and being indoctrinated have the language and have the, the, uh, the wherewithal to be able to question things in such a way that if they want to believe, go ahead and believe. Um, you're wrong, but go ahead. <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't really care about what people believe personally in, in the sense that, you know, I, I want to change what you're thinking. I care about what people believe because belief lead, uh, leads to actions. And so when you believe that, you know, when, when you believe atrocities, you can, uh, uh, or, or what, what's the line? When you, uh, um, I don't know, something that if you believe crazy shit, you'll do yeah. atrocities. No, I mean, I uh, honestly, I, I couldn't agree more that just having the language out there is important. And it sounds a little, uh, I don't know, maybe, uh, maybe coming from my therapist that uh, I, I'm a big fan of I statements. Like if I'm having a conversation with someone about a really religion and I'm you, 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 you do this, you don't do that. All of this more, I'm trying to set an example for them. Like I am an atheist. Uh, I think I'm a pretty good person overall. It's not to say I don't fuck up uh, because I do frequently, but um, I think just being able to like give someone the agency of like, this is how someone else is living their life. And it's a, an alternative to what they're doing. Because I know as a young Catholic, I did not understand that there was another alternative at all. Uh, it was Christian or bust. And the only time as a kid that I started to see uh, people who were different from me, and I definitely got to see how poorly they were treated, was uh, after the Balkan War. So 96-ish, something like that. Uh, the largest population of Bosnians to immigrate to the U.S. ended up in St. Louis. And the vast majority of them were Muslim because the Muslims were the ones that were being killed in Bosnia. And so I remember like very vividly, like friends, parents being like, oh, yeah, like, fuck them. Like these uh, are coming in, they're taking our jobs. They're doing like <laughs> exactly like shit that you hear parroted, obviously, all the time from the right. But it just didn't occur to me like that that sort of hate existed, I guess. And so like it wasn't necessarily as a kid that I was like, I would say I started to develop hateful attitudes when I was in high school and Catholic. And I started to like really feel like I needed to buy in, considered the priesthood. Like I was really like very into it. But as a kid, you just don't know any better. Like as a kid, I wasn't like, oh yeah, like they're Muslims, so fuck them. It was more like these people are different, and I just had never encountered anyone who was different from me. And so yeah. uh, I ended up like really regretting that I didn't go out of my way as a kid to like try and make these poor people who were fucking escaping war feel more at home, you know? Mm-hmm. But eh, hindsight's 2020, yeah. Right, right. So I, I, I'm interested in your uh you know before you were you know when you were still in 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 the church uh you know what was really um besides the obvious you know beliefs uh themselves because i i was never um i was never that gung-ho about uh uh, church itself you know i was a believer in the in the stuff i was a believer in god i was a believer in sin and and prayer and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but going to church was still just a thing that we had to do on the weekends and it was boring and you know, I don't know if that was maybe just my uh, church was was boring. Um, we ended up actually uh, moving over to like my mom tried to start a youth mass um, and it was this abysmal. Mm-hmm. It, it was this abysmal thing. It was literally <laughs> me playing drums, mm-hmm. a dude, a dude with a violin. Okay. I think maybe a chick with a flute. And like five kids singing and it was just Odd like combo. 
it was just regular mass, but we would play the hymns the same way that like, so, and that's all we can get away with, uh, with the, 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 uh, the father there. So, um, you know, I think, I, I think that really put my mom off because she was, she was gung ho about, you know, like trying to get kids more interested because mm-hmm. especially, you know, her own kids were just not into it. Um, and then, you know, like when we had to go to CCD and we had to go to CCD and mass after, or sometimes mm-hmm. depending on like, if my dad wanted to sleep in, he would go to the later one, then we could, you know, we could skip and, and it was just like, it was a chore. It was, it was a chore. Yeah. I mean, to, to be fair, I also uh, was taking guitar lessons when uh, all through through uh, elementary school, um, and I would do that on uh, Saturday mornings. And so, I never got the. And then, like during the summers, I would go to summer camp. So whether mm-hmm. I was in school or it, it was the weekend or it was the summer, I never got really that experience of just like sleeping in and lounging around all day, just like ever. Uh, and, Feels pretty good once you do get it, doesn't yeah. it? <laughs> That's why I don't fucking do shit anymore. Um, and um, uh, so, uh, you know, guitar lessons, as much as I love playing guitar and, and being a guitar player uh, and wanted to be in bands and, and all of that and take that for uh, going to guitar lessons, too, was a, a chore in and of itself. But mm-hmm. so that being said, uh, you know, the the what was what was really driving you to not want to only just be an active member, but, but be as, as uh, uh, into it as you were. Yeah. I mean, a large part of it was the community for sure. Like I said, I did not have a ton of friends as a young kid. And I think uh, religion started to provide friends a, and then you see friends who are really into like the singing at mass and like, it sort of just becomes another communal aspect of it. You're, you're all singing together. You're all doing something together. Like you're all having this experience together. And uh, I don't know that I ever was really like enthused necessarily about going to mass, but the fact that I was like doing it with those people, it never felt like a chore either. So I felt like a chore when I was a kid for sure, for sure. But I mean, like, as I got a little bit older and was like, I don't know, seventh, eighth grade and like started to get into high school was definitely something where like, when it was a part of the youth group or it was something where I like knew I was going to be seeing people I enjoyed hanging out with that I looked forward to it for sure. Um, and part of that's, I think being a kid and not fully understanding also, like it's one thing to be a, a, at where we're at now in thirties and uh, believing in really being super engaged in the mass. Like that's a Catholic, they're not going anywhere, but like to be a kid, like you don't really know any better. And Dawkins talks a lot about like sort of the immorality of indoctrinating kids. And I totally agree with that. I think uh, if what you have to say to them is so true, why do you need to ram it down their throats from such a young age? Like, will they come to it themselves? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. That's why you need to run it down their throats so hard. Yeah, exactly. Um, And, and yeah, now that you say that I thinking about when um, uh, you know, that youth mass didn't um, I don't remember if I finished that story, but uh, uh, when that didn't work out, we had moved over to a Methodist church and that was a little bit more uh, lax and the community aspect was a little bit uh, more robust and same thing with the youth group. The kids Mm -hmm. there were a little bit more into the activities of the church. So that definitely makes sense that, and uh, that, you know, the, 
the you know the community aspect the more the more um engaging and robust robust that is the more it's going to be engaging and um, as a methodist you don't have to be a cannibal either you can just like it can be symbolic <laughs> exactly 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 um and so my other uh, uh my other um I'm also wondering about, you know, once you have, especially being somebody who was out protesting and, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, heavily involved in your church and and thinking about going through to the priesthood, once you, uh, you know, go to college and you, uh, uh, you know, come back as an atheist, how Mm -hmm. in, in, in Missouri, that I'm sure doesn't go over very well with most people because I'm, I'm I'm up here in Jersey. So it's, you know, most people are, uh, I think do do um, uh, identify as Christians or yeah. some religion, but I don't think there are that many uh, people, or, or at least that big of a concentration of people who are really, really into it. As, yeah, as would totally as what I would expect is is down in Missouri. <laughs> no, you're right. You're you're spot on. I mean, it's a spectrum for sure. I mean, I still have people that I know from youth group friends. I would say that uh, are still really into it, and like I got a couple of. Uh, over the years, I've gotten a couple of messages like you seem to be straying down a, <laughs> a not so good path. When I when I uh, published the book, like I remember I posted on Facebook like, hey, here's my book. This is the link to buy it. And some dude that was like a youth group leader when I was really young was just like, oh, like never would have expected this from you. Like just something really condescending. And I was like, all right, man, like Damn, you don't even know I'm me so anymore. so disappointed. <laughs> Yeah, like, but uh, I think I'm definitely sort of an odd duck for people from Missouri where I grew up. Not to say that I don't have a ton of friends there and a lot of people that I'm still in contact with, but um, there's definitely a cohort of people in Missouri who are like, what is up with this dude? <laughs> like, who is he? Like, I moved out of the country pretty much immediately after college and was gone until 2018. So, like, I, uh, yeah, I, I think in a lot of ways beyond the religion, people are, sort of see me as an alien. And I yeah, don't know yeah. if, I don't know, maybe that's not one me. of them. Totally, totally. Yeah, and gotcha. I think like I've, I see uh, social media of like dudes I went, I was super close friends with in high school who I just have nothing in common with anymore. Like it's, it's so just a, dif- a different life, totally. It's a, yeah, it's, it's, it's very interesting. Um, and uh, so I always like to ask about the uh, the publishing process. Yeah. Because, you know, one day I would like to uh, uh, write a book. I think I would. Um, there's there's some nonfiction book in here. I have a lot of ideas, but I don't really know yeah. how to organize them into what would be a readable book. Um, so I'm not there yet, but I, I, I'm always interested in what the, the writing process, the, mm-hmm. what made you decide to, you know, not just have this experience, but put it, turn it into, into a book. Sure. So uh, one of my times living out of the country was getting a master's degree in England uh, at Oxford. And so that was one of the first places of my life where like everyone around me was an atheist. There were very mm-hmm. few, there were religious people, but like it was much more people who were not. And so I just like really felt at home. Like I was just like, holy shit. Like I didn't fit in in a whole host of other ways. Like I was the only person (laughs) I knew that had tattoos and like I was studying education. Some people were studying like theoretical particle physics. So not going to say that it was ever totally a home home, but as far (laughs) as religion, it definitely uh, was a place where I felt like I fit in. And so I was just like in my dorm room one day and I had always sort of journaled for myself uh, just to like 
put my thoughts down on paper and uh, was journaling about my religious experience. And honestly, like that was literally a snap moment where I was like, okay, I think I want to write a book about this. And so it took me four years, I guess, maybe a little more. And the pandemic definitely helped just because I didn't really have much else to be doing. Right. But uh, I started in my dorm room at Oxford and probably wrote, I don't know, 10, 15,000 words by the time I had left. So uh, maybe a fifth of what I ended up with. And then more started happening over the years. You know, I mean, I moved to New York and, and had experiences here that I include in the book. And I had some time to reflect on sort of um, the bigger picture, I would say, because I had the littler picture and the littler picture is the nuts and bolts of any story, right? It's who said what, when, where, why, how, excuse me, when, where, how, the why is the part that is (laughs) is what takes time to come around to. So um, honestly, like I would beat myself up for not going fast enough, for not writing enough, for not taking the time on it. And like, I'm trying to write a fiction book now, which is a totally different animal, but uh, it's, I definitely have the mindset now where like, you don't want to make writing feel like a chore. Like if you're in the groove and you like smoke a J and you sit down and you're ready to write, (laughs) then write. Great. Good for you. But like, I also do not feel guilty if it's been a couple of weeks and I haven't sat down at my computer and Hmm. written anything. And I think if you're someone who's doing it for a living and you're like, you know, you're on a deadline and you got to do it. Like that's a totally different story to me. I think uh, it takes a special kind of person to force their brain to write like that. And like, I think I'm a good writer, but also like, I think when you want to be, when I want to be exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah I, d- I definitely hear that. I definitely uh, can understand how, cause I mean, just doing, you know, just doing, uh, uh, like I said, this is, uh, I just released, uh, what is it? Today is the, oh yeah, it's my fucking birthday. Uh, yes, today's, it is. <laughs> today's the 28th of uh, November and I just released the 11th episode this, this past week. Um, and so still pretty new and, uh, it is, it, it is a lot. It's, there's mm-hmm. a lot to do, especially, you know, like I said, I had an old podcast, but that was audio only. And even that was very involved and, yeah. you know, now having to do video too, it, there's, there, there's a lot. And so it gives you a, a whole new respect for people who just have these, these, you know, short two minute videos. A lot of work goes into that. It's like, totally. Well, all right, small- I gotta do this. Small time is one thing too, and can definitely talk about that in the in the publishing process. But like, you don't have don't seemingly have millions of dollars to spend on this podcast, and like some people right. do. Some people can yeah. hire people to do that stuff. Oh, for that would be the and dream, like, right? And it's just that. like you don't necessarily you enjoy doing this clearly, and you don't want it to start to feel like too much work either. Because if it starts to feel like a chore, you're not going to want to do it. And it's the right. same with writing. And right. I had a. Uh, I had a podcast as well, audio a while back that stopped near the beginning of the pandemic. It was about travel and it felt a little uh, <laughs> not right. Maybe, to do that I'm going to go ahead pandemic. and take a break here. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved it. But uh, I think if it had ever gotten to a point where I was like, wow, I really hate doing this. I just like life's too short, man. And mm. I feel the same way about writing. Like it's I am in the middle of trying to work on a fiction book. And if it never gets done, I've enjoyed the process. I've enjoyed mm. sitting down at my computer and writing. I'd love for it to turn into a book, but if it doesn't, like I can't beat myself up over it. I don't know. That's an, 
that's an interesting, uh, interesting perspective. Um, so you, there was um, something you mentioned about, mm-hmm. um, or I, I don't know what you said, but I wrote down life after religion. So yeah. uh, I'm, I, I, I think it's important to, you know, in having these conversations, and and I, I'm hoping that a lot of religious people uh, will end up seeing this conversation and seeing that you know. Even though two atheists are talking about religion and about atheism and all of that stuff, it's not, uh, you know, anything uh, malicious or anything like that. Um, and it 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 sounds like we happen to have uh, a number of things in common. Um, totally. But it uh, uh, I, I want to highlight how when you're when you're uh, religious, especially you know somebody who was as into it as you were. Mm-hmm. It it is a big part of your life, and then when so the the thinking from the people who were part of that life think that when you become an atheist, now the atheism becomes you know uh, takes the place of all of totally. that 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 stuff. And it I don't know it's, how there's a vacuum right. And and so just what you know what kind of things do you you know obviously you're uh, you're you're into writing um, but just what other kinds of things do you do on a normal day? Sure. So I mean, I think you on the on the book. I think you mentioned you were a baseball fan, right? Yeah, diehard, diehard. I mean, baseball, boring as shit. <laughs> oh my god! If, if I, don't I know how you ni- do it. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that, I'd be a very rich man. But I can't yeah, help I'm, it. It's uh, I'm a UFC fan, so I it just okay. it, the two are so diametrically opposed. <laughs> I mean, you should go check out some videos for baseball fights. There are some pretty good ones out there. So, <laughs> well, if it's not guaranteed, then it's not. Uh, it's not. But <laughs> even hockey is a little uh, a little slow for me these days. <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, I mean, so there's two ways to answer that question. One is the vacuum that religion left, which is that you still crave a lot of the feeling that it gave you, but you don't know where to get that from. So like, I think reading philosophy, like meditating is another one. That's great. Uh, listening to music is, uh, is a big one for me. Like I like to take time and just like, I have a nice record player in my room. I'll just lay on my back and like listen to a record. And I think quietness and stillness is something that uh, I got a lot of in religion and didn't, necessarily realize how much I enjoy just like being in my own head so like I think of like Eucharistic adoration when you're literally just like supposed to sit in front of this piece of bread and like bow down to it it's you're sitting there silent for like an hour and like I need that sometimes like and it's got nothing to do with religion I just need to shut the fuck up and like sit down and be quiet and I think particularly where we're at in the world right now it's a difficult thing to do like we're supposed to be working all the time. We're supposed to be productive. We're supposed to be going, going, going. And if we're not, like, it makes you feel restless. And I yeah. think uh, I need needed to get over that for sure. Um, in terms of other things I do to fill my time that don't have to do with religion, huge baseball fan, yes. Uh, play and listen to a lot of music. Um, let's see. I am in school right now. That's uh, uh, an interesting one. I'm studying for an MBA and it's part-time at night. So I don't really feel like I have a social life at night during the week at all anymore, but um, I just turned 30 and like, feel like I'm very much a live for the weekend kind of person right now. Gotcha. Yeah. Yep. I hear you. 
And I think, I, you know, I, the reason, again, the reason I ask and, and, and thank you for elaborating on uh, uh, the, the earlier point is, again, that uh, it's, it's not that because, you know, when you, uh, again, that when you're in a religion, it, it encompasses a lot of, of your life. And when you're uh, when you're outside of that, you do need to find these other other things that find uh, that 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 give you that fulfillment. And I, I I think again, you and I seem to be, um, I I don't want to say in the minority, but in one group uh, of of atheists who have realized that this is the case. And I think perhaps it's people it's people who uh, never have religion. And so they 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 never had that 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 uh, part of of their life um, or that that thing you know awakened. Um, but for whatever reason, there's there seems to be a big sect of the atheist community, so to speak. And again, putting calling it a community is is counterintuitive to my message. Loose. But yeah. <laughs> um, that that uh, uh, you know are absolutely the the you know, the, the stereotypical quintessential, uh, heathens that the, the, um, the religious people think that we all are. And it's, um, it, it, it's a sad thing because what those people are missing is not religion as people like you and I have shown that we can, we can find that spiritual and moral fulfillment in other places. And, uh, and, and so I just, to all of all of those atheists, I agree with you that religion is stupid and that there's no fairy man, in the sky. However, one, uh, I, and, and again, I bring this up because I'm, I'm hearing from a lot of people in the realm of politics who are, who were, you know, kind of center left and, 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 and uh, 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 further on the right, but maybe not like super far right, who maybe weren't very religious. Uh, now talking about how they want to get back into religion because of the values, because they look at the left and the, and you know this postmodernism, cultural Marxism, blah 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 blah, blah. <laughs> and the, they're not wrong. They're just wrong about what they're right about. It's not religion that you need to go back to. It's the this this spirituality and moral uh, 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 moral framework that you and I have outside of religion that needs to be added to the equation. It's not that you know. It's not that we we need to go backwards and put more religion. Uh, uh, in it, we just again, this comes down to the whole my whole point of breaking apart the the you know the the uh, the aspects and the dogma. And I think if uh, you know the 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 people who like let's just say the 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 uh, the opposite of the person who is protesting the abortion clinic, the person who is, the, the counter protesters at that protest. Yeah, they, you know, would are are just as willing to treat you as a as an abortion clinic protester. They're willing to treat you as an other, as a non-human. The same uh, the same way they're protesting you treating that girl who's going to get an abortion abortion in that same way. And the the disconnect is that the the that there is religion on one side, and there's for the most part not religion on the other side. And but what yeah the common thread is the lack of morality that is there and so if you're if you're doing these things you're engaging in these things it's not religion that you need it's it's morality it's spirituality it's whatever you want to call it and again we I, you, we have to say whatever you want to call it because we don't have that language uh, sussed out yet because not enough people are 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 digging in and and 
trying to to develop this this uh, this secular framework that we can have that that doesn't require us to take steps back and 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 go back into the church. Oh, I think uh, there are billions of religious people in the world, right? And I think supposedly, <laughs> supposedly, yes. Uh, I think there's got to be something biologically in our brains that isn't necessarily turned towards religion. I think a lot of religious people would tell you that there's, that would be towards religion, but I think it's towards that spirituality towards that, uh, that community, that, um, that sort of idea of being an essence that is within or without within or outside of you that like there's more of a world out there than you. Exactly. Yes. It doesn't necessarily have to be supernatural. (laughs) Right. And that's, and that's, that's the problem is that it's, it's a a false dichotomy that it has to be religious or, or just not anything. And it's like, there's a middle ground where we can take, you know, like I've been saying, take it, you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater, get rid of the bullshit, keep the good stuff. That's all we need to do. Done. Done. Now, obviously, only if we're that easier, right? <laughs> I mean, obviously, easier said than done. But coming to the conclusion that that is what needs to be done is rather simple, I think. It, to me, um, I obviously have have thought a lot about it. But you know, like I was saying in the beginning, the the regardless of where you are politically, the the problems that you see in society, whatever you know, is personal to you. I think that the the it, it comes down to a difference in values and where when religion was a bigger part of uh, of society, more people shared those common values, even though like uh, what, like we've been saying, being religious doesn't exempt you from being an asshole. Um, but but the, the 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 framework was still there. And so even though the church has been lying to us for for centuries the 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 there was a a a positive byproduct and so the fact that what they were selling still is just untrue and that is immovable that's un you can't get past that then you're not going to get people who either didn't grow up with religion or did grow up with religion like us and have come away from religion you're not going to get us to believe in in that stuff anymore that's a that's a non-starter that's not going to happen. So there needs to be another way for the, um, you know, the values to be distilled. And when it becomes, when, it, when you re- relegate it back to the church, then it just becomes another right left issue. And the right uh, the people on the right go to church and they have the values and the people on the left don't go to church and they, they, they uh, uh, you know, will happily in, engage in a, a lack of morality because, it, it, and I, I just, I don't like it. I don't like it. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, when you are actively taught to not think critically about one thing, it leads you to be susceptible to not critically think about other things. And I think we're seeing that right now with um, a lot of the vaccine stuff, with a lot of the the other things going on, where it's like, um, I I thought it was funny. I don't know if you follow football at all, but there's Aaron Rodgers, the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. And he... uh, essentially said like that he was getting his medical information from Joe Rogan. And then a couple days later, he got turf toe and hurt his foot really bad. And I was like, okay, are you still getting your medical advice from Joe Rogan? Like think critically, like you're going to a doctor for that. So why do you not trust a doctor about this other stuff? And like, I don't, 
it's a personal decision. You put in your body whatever you want to put in your body. I get that. But like more along the lines of like, I think uh, guns, for instance, like there's very little, little reason for someone to have an AR-15 in their home. I just think that's ridiculous. And if you think about it critically, you get to a place where you're like, all right, if someone wants to have a handgun for protection, sure, do that. But like, do we really need military style weapons? And I'm going on political rant, point being that you tend to see a lot of those align with religious people. And I think- well, And, and this is exactly, this is exactly the type of stuff that I'm, I am talking about because I used to be super anti-gun. And the fact is the reason you would want to have an AR-15 in the home rather than a handgun is because it's much more accurate. And uh, sure. you don't want you don't want to be uh, uh, you know in the dark fumbling around with it. It's much harder to shoot a handgun. And I've never sure. even held a gun. I'm I'm just now realizing that being anti-gun is usually uh, usually a sign that you don't know a lot about guns. And I was very sure. anti-gun without knowing a lot about guns. And the more I learn about guns, the more I realize that there isn't there. There is an arrogance in saying things like, why do you need an AR-15? That's a, there's a very, very uh, uh, practical answer to that. And the, the fact the, is, the fact is, this is the same type of, uh, uh, you know, the, 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 um, the same type of, you know, indoctrination of the fact sure. uh, of, of, and I'm, I, you know, well, I don't know what you know about guns and, and, and what you don't know about guns. And I definitely don't know shit about guns. Yeah. But I am realizing, like I said, that a lot of a lot of times when you actually listen to people who I, I actually one of the biggest things that uh, uh, helped change my mind on on a lot of this stuff and specifically uh, hunting, you know, uh, when it guns hunting go uh, sure. hand in hand. I grew up in Missouri. I know a thing or two about hunting. <laughs> And, uh, you know, grow up in, growing up in Jersey without guns or hunting, I was just like, why would you ever need to do that? And then, you know, you listen to uh, uh, people who are hunters talk about how much they actually care about the, the environment. And when sure. you kill an animal that is, uh, uh, you know, lived uh, a wild free life that uh, versus, you know, somebody who's uh, cutting into a factory farm steak, it's like, well, okay, who's really not thinking critically now? And, and the, 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 um, the, the default is because, because there is such a, an obvious flaw in the, the thinking on the right when it comes to religion, then there is, uh, uh, it, it almost lends itself to if there's other things that you disagree with the, the, the right about, then, then it must be because they are, a great know, point. they're not thinking, uh, they're not thinking critically. And th th this is, you know, th this is exactly what, what I was uh, referring to when I was saying that, you know, a lot of, uh, a lot of atheists are not uh, engaging with the, you know, they're not engaging with, with things the way that um, we should be, you know, sure. and, it's it's because we know that religion is we we know that religion is bad and so we can just throw that away and so anything kind of tied to it then we can also throw that away and so you know like i'll give you a good example of uh you know since we were talking about abortion i have been convinced that there is no more rational place to uh to draw the line at where life begins than conception 
that doesn't mean that the government has the right to dictate any uh, uh, um, medical procedures on you. And I believe that includes the, the, the jabs as well. Sure. But the, 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 the traditional thinking is that because life begins at conception, therefore uh, uh, abortion should be illegal or because life doesn't begin at, at conception and it's just a clump of cells, then it should. And those are not, those are not the, the things that should be deciding these, these, uh, these policies. And even if you decide that I'm on the right side of, of it by being pro-choice, then, but you think that, that, you know, life, uh, that, that there's a point from conception to, to, to wherever you decide that life begins, that it's not, uh, uh, ending a process that would, um, you know, uh, uh, uh result in life. I just, I that's, that's simply incorrect. And so well, your point overall, I think, and it's a great point is that there's nuance to things. Yes. Yes. It's hundred percent. And that's, like, that's, that's the long and short of it. That's a T. And also, also I can disagree with you on anything you just said. And I still think you're a pretty nice guy. Like, I'm, I'm not going to tell you you're an idiot. And I'm not going to tell you that, that your way of thinking about it is wrong because you're thinking about it. And like, I think uh, we could pick anyone. We can pick guns. We can pick whatever you want. I'm, I can talk for days. But at the end of the day, like, I think there's so many people who their opinions are not informed. And uh, I, I mean, if you're going to make any opinion without, I don't know, giving yourself some time to look at the background to that opinion, you're probably doing it wrong. And like, not that there aren't plenty of religious people who can think that way, but I do think right. often uh, once you have sort of thought critically about religion, it opens the door to that critical thinking in other realms of things for sure. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I, I think uh, uh, that's a, that's a very good point. And I think it goes I think it goes, uh, uh, you know, both ways too, because now sure. uh, again, as as uh, um, just the 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 leftist uh, narrative on the whole, you know, not taking anything in particular, but just just you know what you would find from an MSNBC uh, on on the daily. Um, that is whether it is the the conclusions about policies like we were just talking about whether you know you fall on the quote unquote uh, correct side or not is is all well and good but if you think uh, i i would rather you uh, uh, you know again like like you said we we uh, we can disagree and still think we're 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 you know we 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 like each other but, but also would we would never we would never have the discussion if guns are good or bad we would have the discussion about specific policies and what we think mm -hmm is a nuanced discussion. Right. And I would, I would rather talk to somebody who I disagree with, who has thought about it than somebody I agree with who hasn't thought about it. That, totally. That's, you know, that's, that's, uh, and you know, the, the, the existence of tribal and uh, tribal, everything, this echo chamber society is political is, parties, I, I, religion, <laughs> all of it. I think, I think politics has become the new religion and uh, it's, it, it's sad to see because I, it, I feel like I, I broke out of this thing that was, you know, uh, controlling everybody one time already. And now it's, it's just moved on and it's taken over, uh, it's taken over politics. And now, you know, there's, instead of it being, uh, uh, Christians and, and, and Muslims, now it's, it's left and right. And, and it's, it's, it's gotten, I mean, you know, that, that, that's a whole other discussion, but, um, yeah, that's, 
It's yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, like like you said, thinking critically about what you believe is is important. That, totally. and, and that's that's the long and short of it. And if you think about it long and hard and you do decide that you are uh, you do, in fact, believe in these things, you are still wrong. But at <laughs> least you thought at least you tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I am being I am being facetious with that. No. And if you, uh, you know, like, for example, um, uh, uh, Rusty uh, Williams, who uh, wrote Doubt and Trial from Idrio 6, uh, again, the self-avowed uh, agnostic pastor, which is virtually every pastor, but he's just uh, uh, smart enough to have put together that uh, he doesn't know what he believes. He believes what he believes. Um, And, and uh, yeah, we had a fascinating conversation about these things. And again, a lot of things that we disagreed about, especially, you know, being an atheist and me thinking that his beliefs are, 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 are in fact stupid. I think his, his beliefs are stupid, but because of the way that he takes those beliefs and implements them in his life, it is far better than somebody who would agree with me and just, you know, walk through life as, uh, uh, you know, just as an NPC and just not engage with engage with society because things change. And if you're not on, the, you know, if you're not paying attention, if you're not thinking critically about these things, then, you know, what you thought today might not apply with the new information that we got uh, tomorrow, you know, and uh, totally. So, yeah, I mean, we've been we've been going uh, for about an hour here and I don't want to beat a dead horse. Uh, We um, uh, I'm definitely uh, I'm I'm glad we we were able to have this conversation. Yeah, Um, I've enjoyed it, man. Thank you. I I think the I try not to to uh, again, I try to make this about the the author and not uh, an opportunity for me to to grandstand and get (laughs) on my soapbox. But uh, you, uh, you you provided me with the the avenue to do so, and so I'm eternally grateful. Um, yeah, of so course. No, it's been fun, man. If there is, um, if you want to plug uh, the book, new book, socials, all that kind of stuff, the floor is yours. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to to push the book. Uh, I'm doing a holiday promotion, December seventh to December twenty sixth, where it'll be like fifteen percent off or something like that. So I'll essentially make no money on each sale, but I'm kind of okay with that. So. Um, it's available on lulu.com, which is the publisher. Uh, and then it's available on Amazon, which I'm sort of okay with. Uh, it's on, uh, Barnes and Noble and it's on one other one that I can't remember the name of, but if you read it and pick it up, you can find me at, uh, at Rye Bedell on Instagram, R-Y-B-E-D-E-L-L. I'd love to discuss if you hate it and you just want to send me hate mail, by all means, you can do that too. I'll probably find it funny. Um, and yeah, I'm always around uh, if people want to talk about this sort of thing. If you're someone who's struggling with thoughts about how you will form your identity without your religion, or if you're worried about telling your parents or whatever it might be, seriously, reach out to me. I have like 10 followers, so I'll definitely see your message and uh, we can absolutely have that discussion. Awesome. And we'll, yeah, we'll definitely have all that stuff linked below. So cool. please uh, p- purchase a copy of uh, his book. And uh, when is the, uh, the, uh, the new one? Oh, you, you said you're just writing that one, right? Yeah, if, still if working comes on out, that one. If it comes out, it comes out. Uh, so we will uh, keep an ear out for that and uh, maybe have you back to, uh, to talk about that one. Hey, that'd be um, great. Give, give me like a year or two, I think. <laughs> hey, all the time you need. I'm hopefully not going anywhere. Uh, so uh, definitely all the time you need. So thank you again for uh, coming on the platform. And uh, I had a, uh, a great time. Adam, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it.
All right, you have a good one. You too. All right. So what a cool episode. I well, I thought so. I mean, you tell me. But I I really enjoyed that conversation. And um, what I uh, what I enjoyed most about it was how exactly you know like I like I said in the in the discussion, I like being able to display um, a conversation between two atheists to the world as atheists who are not really trying to attack religion, who are not trying to do anything. Like, that's not what we do. That's not what consumes our mind in the same way that, uh, you know, when, when, like I said, when you're religious, that it, it, it's a part of your life. Like, being an atheist is a very, very small part of my life. You know, like, being UFC fan is a much bigger part of my life than being an atheist. Being a podcaster and a YouTuber is a much bigger part of, of my life. Being a dog trainer, all of these things are way bigger uh, aspects of my personality and my identity than my atheism. Um, and I, I, while I do value the, 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 what, I, what I view as a privilege of, of having this, this, uh, this way of thinking, I, I value that. Um, but beyond that, there's, there's the, uh, you know, like Ryan was talking about, the, um, the, the, the spiritual and uh, moral aspects of things are their own part of, of you know, what you discover in, in, in living life and, and reading things and talking to other people about what they believe and, and, and just, uh, again, living life and, and having experiences. You see very simply, like, you know, the, the, the easy example is always about uh, punching people. And it's like, you don't need a God to tell you that you shouldn't punch people because if you've ever been punched, you don't like it. So you shouldn't want a world where people go around punching each other. It's just that simple. And uh, obviously, you know, morality on the whole gets a lot more complicated than that. Um, the, 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 the point being, atheism is a very small part of most atheists' lives. Um, and, you know, to, to, my, uh, to my chagrin, the, the, the points I was making about how um, you, you know, aspects of the left have become very uh, dogmatic and um, similar to religions. You know, he brings up a, I'm not, I'm not a gun, like I said, never held a gun in my life. And he asked a very common question that similar to when having religious debates about, well, why don't you just go and kill and rape people if you don't believe in God? Well, there's a very clear answer to that. That's not a gotcha question. You just haven't thought about it. And, you know, the, the, the reasons that people have guns are, are, are very practical. It's not, I mean, that's not really debatable. It, it's just what you don't know. If you don't know that why people have guns, that's fine. I, I, but to think that because you don't know why people have guns, that you know why people don't have guns is, is ridiculous. I mean, listen to, listen to that sentence. And that is what I think of as religious thinking, where you have from on high this, this, this edict that, that guns are bad. And so you don't need to dig into why guns are good or bad. The, the, the narrative is that guns are bad and, uh, you know, this, that, and the other. And so uh, uh, that's it. And I realized I was very much guilty of that myself. 
And um, it takes a lot of that introspection to realize that even if you are religious, that you need to take both religious and non-religious uh, issues and, and, and concepts and contend with them seriously in your own mind for yourself, just so that you know what you know and you think the right things. You know, if you're, if you're thinking something that is wrong, then you should want to be right. You shouldn't want to be wrong, right? I mean, that, 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 seems, pretty, that seems pretty basic. And um, so I, I just found it very interesting how, you know, he and I both as atheists can talk about how people are, uh, you know, into dogmatic thinking and it's like, okay, well, this doesn't make sense and, and, and critical thinking. And then it comes up with, you know, the, 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 a, a leftist talking point. And how is that not the same thing? I'm not some raging Republican, conservative, whatever, as I mentioned in the last episode, it was the first time that I, I felt comfortable just saying, okay, I guess if you guys are saying that if I don't think that all this woke stuff and, and, and all that makes me conservative, then fine, I'm a conservative. I don't, like I said, I'm not, an, I'm not a 2015 conservative by any stretch of the imagination, but if that's where the, the, the political climate has, has shifted to, then I'm conservative and being an atheist, an atheist, uh, or an, yeah, being an atheist conservative is, it's difficult to tiptoe around these things because me and, me and Ryan can, can joke about the, the, our perceived silliness of religion, but as soon as it goes down and it goes off of that, that uh, thing, and remember the atheism is a very small part of our personalities uh, uh, respectively. And soon it, as soon as it goes into the, the political things, we have very different ways of thinking. And um, again, I think I'm right because I think about the things that I think and I think that they're right. And when, they're, when I think that they're wrong, I change them to things that I think are right. So I think I'm right. I could very well be wrong. I know that there's a lot that I don't know, but I do think that I'm right. And um, it continues to, I continue to contend with that notion that I am right and that maybe I'm incorrect and um, a lot of times I do find myself being incorrect, but on this point, it seems to be that the more I, uh, I explore it, it seems to be running true and that I do believe leftism is the new religion. I was just watching uh, an Abin Preach video who, was talk who were talking about uh, uh, woke people and how the biggest issue for them used to be the, the skinhead, religious right, that, that type of character. And in this day and age, the average person just going about their life, you know, you, yeah, if you, if you come across a skinhead that wants to kill you, that regardless of who you are, that's, that's not gonna be a good situation. But that's not really happening that often versus you just going about your life and some woke incident happens. That is happening a lot to a lot of people. And, and so the, the, the question then becomes, how much is this wokeness stuff, uh, uh, what we should be, what we should be enacting? And, and uh, I just don't personally think that it's, it's the right way to go about what seems to be an attempt to fix society. And on the right, the attempt to fix society in that same way seems to be stepping back into the church. And I don't, I think that is, um, you know, equally as bad. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't want to put a value on it, but I think they're both the wrong answers. 
I think they're both good attempts at uh, or attempts at good things, but I don't think they're 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 the right answer. So I don't know. That was uh, uh, if if you are a uh, religious uh, lefty, I sure I am sure that you hate me, and I would love to hear what you think about this conversation. But uh, even if you're not, whether you're an atheist, if you're a Christian, uh, whatever you are. Uh, let me know what you thought about my thoughts. What about what you thought about Ryan's story and 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 um, you know what? Uh, especially things like what is it? What does it take for someone who uh, was once protesting uh, an abortion clinic to be able to come on a public platform and say that hey, I did that and that was that was fucked up? Not everybody's going to do that. Not everybody's going to go out to the protest in the first place. But of those people who are going to go out to the the, the, the protest, very few are going to be willing to to um, you know, really take accountability and, and say that what I was doing, what I was engaging in was not only uh, not helpful, but it was not the, it was not congruent with my goals of bettering society. And um, so I don't know, I don't have all the answers. I, uh, I just know that some of them are not the right answers. So I'm trying to find the wrong answers and get rid of those so we can Find some better answers. That's 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 all I got. That's all I got for you. So thank you tuning for tuning in for another episode of the I Didn't Read Your Book podcast. I am Lutch, your host, and today we were uh, um, talking to Ryan Bedell from Alter Boy to Atheist, giving up on God. Uh, links for that are going to be below. Um, and uh, you know, another thing that's that would really help me. There are support links in the uh, in the description below. I know this is just a, a small show, a new show. I would really like to grow it. I would really like to be able to have bigger conversations and get them out to bigger uh, uh, audiences of people. And the only way I can do that is with your help. Um, so please, um, if you can uh, donate anything, I would really appreciate that. If not, that's cool too. Just give uh, give a like, give, give your uh, thoughts on the episode, share this with somebody who might be interested in this type of atheist on atheist uh, 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 type of conversation. Um, or you can do none of that and sit at home and think about how awesome I am. I would love that too. Um, either way, happy birthday to me, and I will see you guys in the next one.